You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What's up, my brother? What's up? Just living a good life over here. Man, I Just love prepping. what we're talking about. I'm prepping I love what we're talking here. about today. We're talking about basically how to survive when everyone else dies. <laughs> the upcoming apocalypse. This is something that we um, that we talked about in a memos a while back, kind of how to um, how to deal with this, how to deal with the ups and downs, and everybody is going to have ups and downs. Every economy is going to have ups and downs, which is you know, brings up a good point that if you're not subscribed to the memos, you're seriously missing out on like, Oh my super, super practical, profitable marketing and business. It's not just marketing. It's also business secrets. And a little sprinkle of entertainment. Traffic and funnels.com slash memos. Yeah. Nudie pictures of Chris included in every episode. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) every issue. That's not true. All right. That's not, true. That's not true. All right, so the actual title of this podcast is How to Thrive in the Upcom- Upcoming Economic Crash. That was actually a good headline, dude. You wrote, I wrote that, that all by yourself. I've been writing first, headlines all weekend. For first that. time for everything. All right, all right, so here's the deal, right? We are, I think probably everybody would agree that we're in a time of surplus and abundance. Boom. Bull boom, market. Boom. Bull um, case in point, I've been trying to buy a house for like six months. <laughs> Taylor literally just almost spit, spit out his water. He had to mute himself. Cause you just go. Bull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. So, you know, like real estate's booming. The stock market's booming. Business is booming. Um, yeah. and I think it's easy for us to get into this tendency of thinking that it's just going to stay that way where it's not. Unfortunately, there will be a correction. There will be a downturn, an economic crash, whatever you want, however you want to say it. So we've got some things for you guys today. I think some really, really uh, good tips, pointers on how not only that you can survive this upcoming crash, but how you can actually thrive. So with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in here. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. Jump in. Cause I'm looking up a couple of quotes that I want to, I want to actually okay. bring up at the end. So I think the first thing that you need to have uh, to thrive in this economic crash that's coming fairly soon um, is one having the right outlook. And if you grew up like I did, and we'll talk about this in, a, in another podcast coming soon. Um, if you grew up like I did, you know, everything was based on, you were told that everything was based on the economy, that you cannot control anything in your life. You cannot control anything in your business, that you are subject to how things are going around you. Okay. So the first thing that you must have in place is the right outlook. And if you study really, really successful business people, as we do, um, one thing that you'll learn is that the wealthy get wealthier in the downturns. So having the right outlook is it's not about calamity. 
It's about opportunity, right? So when things are coming, you're looking at it as, man, that's not going to be a calamity for my business. It's not going to be a calamity for my family, but it's going to be a season of tremendous opportunity. And one of the reasons for that is because you're going to be smarter than everybody else. You're going to be more prepared than everybody else if you do the things that we're talking about. And so when the competition is snuffed out or they haven't prepared for the economic crash, what's going to happen is that's going to provide opportunity for you. And this is not just like within your business, but this is kind of like in a holistic way. Um, many ways in regards to making more money, real estate, buying other businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Anything to add to that? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I think like first and foremost, like a good economy, really, if you look at it the right way, what good economies do is they do make it easier for people to kind of make purchase decisions, but they also around, uh, allow a lot of leeway for subpar competition to take your market. And there's always going to be a desire and a need and a great, great economy for experts, people who are masters of what they do, yep. great services, great products. And, um, you know, it's what, it's exactly what you're saying. Like in a, in a subpar economy, your competition, they can't survive anymore. Mm. And that's actually a good thing for you. It weeds out the yep. people who are inferior and really what you got to focus on is not the economy because you can't control it. You got to focus on you. Yeah. And right now, when the economy is good, you got to make decisions that are going to make you, okay, how can I become the best in the world at this? How can I become the best marketer? How can I become the best service provider? How can I make the best products? Because when it does correct, I know that there are people out there who are not thinking like I am now, and they're going to go bankrupt, and I'm not. Yes. Bro. That was amazing. <laughs> that was really good. I mean, Literally, dude, are you a firefighter? Are you ready to put out this fire that I just started? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I wouldn't go that yeah. far, bro. But All right, cool. Yeah, Next good. one. Stack cash. What? Whoa. What Stack the cash. So that's something that we do. Um, and it's not, it's not a survival thing. It's, you know, we're building our war chest for opportunity. So when that does happen, we're going to have a lot of opportunity to either like purchase businesses or hire talent from other companies who weren't positioned correctly, um, maybe buy real estate, whatever it might be, we are preparing ourselves um, for that, that opportunity that's going to come up and to make sure that we're just healthy, right? We talk a lot of, we talk quite a bit about like Southwest airlines. You want to tell Tesla. Story? Yeah. I mean like there's a great book. Again, if you're a memo subscriber, then you got access to this book because we posted all the notes about it. I think it was two months ago, uh, which if you want it, go through and buy the back orders. But this book, uh, Great by Choice, talked about like, you know, Jim 10, 10, 10 companies that beat out their competition. It's like Southwest, Microsoft, a couple others. But uh, great companies, they have, they're protected. They, they buy themselves a measure of security mm -hmm. so that when a market does kind of get nasty, they they're able to still be profitable. So Southwest is the only airline uh, in the history of airlines to have consistent uh, consecutive profitable years, profitable years nonstop since they, since they started. No other airline has done that. So when like the economy uh, crashed back in the nineties and uh, with the dot com, when they crashed, 
in 2008, um, Southwest didn't lay off employees. They're the only airline that didn't lay off employees. Um, same thing is said with, with Microsoft. If you read about these CEOs who survive through every test, they're all A of all kind of fanatically worried that like the, about, you know, losing money and B of all, they're like stacking up cash so that they can kind of protect themselves and hedge their bets in the case of a downturned economy. Yeah. Is that what you want me to say? Yeah. So, and it's not, it's not, um, you have to be careful and find balance in it. You know, it's not something that you don't spend any money and you don't hire anybody and you don't, you know, one thing that I have seen is people will maybe stop spending money on paid advertising. Um, and whenever you do that, it's probably a bad decision. So, you know, you want to do it with reason. And so with our company, we could go into the next year without making anything and still live our current lifestyle and operate our business at our current norms. So, you know, we've also built, you know, just a healthy business for our employees and everybody on our team, everybody that we deal with. So, yeah. Yeah. So here's, here's the actual number. 9-11 Southwest had a billion dollars cash on hand and the highest credit rating in the industry. Mm. Therefore they weren't, they didn't have to lay off any employees. Tesla has $4 billion in cash right now. Now Tesla also just got approved for an $800 million line of credit. So an immature business owner who I love it when people get on and they talk to me about these things because it's just like, they're so incompetent. They can't even understand what I'm saying, but they don't understand. Like, why would you get credit if you have $4 billion in cash? Well, it's exactly what we're saying right now. Right now is the time where times are really good. You don't have to be lean. There's a lot of, there's a lot of meat and fat on the bones. So mm. use credit. Use other <laughs> people's 22 money. ounce ribeye steak. Yeah. Stack up your cash. Use other people's money. And um, we just posted about this even yesterday in Smartest Guys in Marketing. You guys, there's some person who was like, I can't imagine business owners who build their business with other people's money. Okay. Hello, Microsoft. Hello, Apple. Hello, Tesla. Hello, Southwest. Hello, every single company that you probably have products from. People don't study. They don't think. And therefore, they don't know all this stuff. But for you, you listen to the Smartest Guys in Marketing. So you know, exactly. Smartest guys in business. Sorry. I'm not trying to go on a rant. I just, this is like, this is, well, it's really important because we've been taught the opposite. Yeah. Like credit is bad. Other people's money is bad, especially now, man. Like I'm getting ready to buy a house. And one of the reasons why I'm buying such a big house is because (laughs) interest rates are so low. This is like a 5,800 square foot house. (laughs) This is like, you can, He's opening a zoo in the house for all the animals in North Carolina. Yes. That's what I do. Yeah. And we've also been taught in business that having too much cash on hand is bad and irresponsible and you should invest that into uh, appreciating assets and things like that. And yet, you know what? There's something to be said for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, you know, like for right now, we could go a year without making any more money. Nothing. Everything could literally dry up tomorrow. We could go into zombie apocalypse. Nobody buys anything else. That would be so badass, bro. I'm waiting for that day. And we would live our same lifestyle. We wouldn't lay off any employees. We would, so we have like a, a full year. And you, know, you don't want to go crazy with this, but you do want, depending on the size of your business and like how high you want to go, you do want to be stacked up so that when things do get a little bit harder, you're able to smooth through and your competition exits business and you survive. You take over. Boom. Boom. 
Anything else to add Bull. on that? Bull. <laughs> this is a great, this is a great episode. Number yeah, three. Awesome. So number one is really looking at it the right way. It's a great thing. Having the right perspective, having the right mindset. Number mm-hmm. two, um, you know, reasonable goals for your cash on hands. Stack up that cash. We are just telling somebody else this and he's worried about it. And it's like, dude, stack up enough cash to where at night, you know, you're not worried and then you'll be, you can make better decisions. Number three. Yeah. Can I real quick before we go into number three, just want to yeah. say one thing ahead, is bro. you do, this is you your do show. Have, you do have to be careful. Like we have someone who's in our upper echelon mastermind, which is our higher level. We work with people for a year, help them get to six figures a month. And we have a guy who's in, in there. who's really young. Dude is making more money as a 21 year old than both of his parents combined. Like he's doing like 30 grand a month or something like that. And so, you know, we were talking about credit and stuff. If you're really awful at managing money, then you got to be careful not to just go put everything on credit without having a good process to make sure that you're paying that stuff down or off. Right? So what we're not saying is just get into debt, useless debt. Okay. So I want to make sure that I clarify because I know we're gonna have a lot of people say, Oh man, you shouldn't go into debt. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, if you say that, just, I have a really good idea for you. Don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> or maybe that's just what they've been taught and that's what they know, but they're open. Yeah. Well, so then you should listen to this podcast. Being taught to do something stupid doesn't mean that you're not stupid. Yeah. But they just don't always know that's stupid. You. Like if you grow up being taught that the best way to, you know, achieve your goals is to jump off bridges. Well, you should figure that out pretty quick. <laughs> I don't know the same thing, but you can tell that Chris is the compassionate one. <clears throat> I just care for people, man. That's good. <clears throat> Anything else to add on number two? <laughs> no, if you, if you, if that is you, then you should hire someone to help you with your finances. If you have like that. And put it on credit. <laughs> hire my credit. Anyways. All right. Number three. All right. Number three. You want to get this one? Yeah. Build redundancy. Oh, Oh, talk to me about if that. If you have, if you have two eggs, that's better than having one egg. Okay. Good point, man. I was Killing going somewhere with game. that. I was going somewhere with that. So multiple lead sources, multiple client acquisition channels. Now caveat, we're the guys who preach like master one thing first. Yes. This doesn't yes. change that. This is not contradictory to that at all. Um, too many entrepreneurs are doing a million different things and they have no mastery or control over one of them. So they, so a real they, example of that would yeah. be what? Like for example, don't be like, Oh, Taylor and Chris said I need multiple lead channels. So I'm going to do Facebook ads and Instagram ads and direct mail and cold calling if you're not profitable on one, on any of those, if you're like not yeah. making any money, you don't want to attack four of those at the same time. Yes. And I'll give a, give another example of like when we were towards the beginning, we tried to do a podcast and we tried to get on YouTube. Well, the problem is we hadn't really mastered our systems on Facebook. So it like, like we want to be YouTube famous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we waited a whole year. Yeah. Before doing the podcast and now the podcast is thriving and it's, it's, it's really literally the people. biggest podcast on the internet. It's like if you, if Donald Trump did a podcast, <laughs> it'd be like, it's like that. Yeah. No, but 
you know, we, we, the point is we waited until we mastered kind of what we were doing first. And then we waited even longer to get on YouTube. Um, just because there's, there's complications and there's like new devils at new every levels, levels. Yeah. Um, but redundancy is huge. So I was telling Chris a story over the weekend. We're both like fans of like studying, um, great dead business people. owners, dead business owners. No, so, uh, you know, we read Titan last year, which is about John Rockefeller. I was reading another book called breaking Rockefeller, which is the story of how, um, these other entrepreneurs like teamed up against Rockefeller to dethrone standard oil. And what Rockefeller would do is he had, he had such duplicity in the economy of scale, meaning he was getting oil from all over the place and he was selling it all over the place. It wasn't just like one well to one market, but he had multiple wells, multiple markets that he could handle losing money on a transaction in one geographic area. And then he would just make up the difference in another geographic area. So this is like illegal now because in the goods and like in the goods market, you can't sell something below the cost of production because of this is because of Rockefeller. We have a lot of laws now because of that man, but John, he was able to, let's say someone else wanted to sell in Europe. He was able to go say, okay, it costs them a dollar to produce a barrel of oil. I'm going to sell it for 50 cents and lose 50 cents on every barrel. But in Boston, he would raise the price by 50 cents. Yeah. So it would even it out. And so he would just like cutthroat kill competitors. And in much the same way, this applies to your acquisition sources. It applies to how people find out about you because I don't really think that we'll ever hit a, a season where like Facebook will just be unprofitable. Like the network's too good. There are too many people on the platform. We'll change how we use it. But if you're, if you're hooked up to the right mentors, like you're always going to be able to figure it out at, at some point. Like right last month, we did like 9X on Facebook. There may be a time when that changes and we only do 2 or 3X. Mm-hmm. But if you've got other channels, you'll make up the difference to where your competition can't really survive anymore. See, this all goes back to number one. Like the other people who aren't as smart as you, they can't keep making money the same way, but you can because you've got redundancy. Yeah. Because you listen to the smartest guys in marketing. Exactly. And one thing too, the, the reason why we have gone like so deep into Facebook and that's just, that's been our primary channel since we started our business is, and, and I would recommend that you look at this in kind of all the areas of your business. One thing about Facebook and actually like not to toot my own horn, but I actually consulted companies on Wall Street about this, like literal companies on Wall Street about Facebook um, and why I thought it was a good investment is because there's probably nobody in this space with a, a social platform that innovates like Facebook does. Like people get really pissed off about, I mean, they are constantly changing, but that's actually a really good thing because they're innovating and they're flowing and changing with the market and how their users are responding. Um, so as you are building your business and you're looking at how to build redundancy, attach yourself to people and to companies who are constantly innovating, like Facebook, like us. We're constantly innovating, constantly trying new things and testing new things. You know, we're on the front lines and we're giving you like the real raw bull of <laughs> business well, that was great. And what does what doesn't work, and what the does? raw bull, the raw bull. <clears throat> We're gonna start a new podcast called the raw bull. 
for real. I'm writing that down. That's great. Um, there are some companies too that like you follow and they're innovative and then they stop innovating. Yep. I don't think the innovation is king. I don't think that innovation is like the one metric that defines a great company. But I do think that, you know, the sign of a good company is they're willing to change things and they're willing to test things and they're willing to make mistakes. And, you know, Facebook's whole mantra for forever, I don't think that it's this anymore, was move fast and break things. Well, that's, that's pretty intense to have your whole company philosophy built behind one that. Point, 1.9 billion users. Yeah. So I think you got to be careful if you like, and this goes back to kind of the fake news stuff. If you find somebody who's been doing the same thing the same way forever and they're not trying new things, it, there's some hesitancy that I would have as well in investing into learning from that person. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Cool. So well, just Chris a few. Is, Chris is done. <laughs> I'm not done, but uh, I'm just thinking, I'm already thinking ahead, bro. But I just want to give a few more examples of redundancy. All right. So we might have people who are local businesses that might be listening to this podcast. And one thing when I set out, cause I used to have a local business, it's actually still in existence today. I still am involved, but I'm not the owner anymore. Um, is that was a concern of like, if you're attached to a local economy, what do you do? Right. And so that was actually why I got into on one of the reasons why I got into online is because I didn't want to be attached to a local economy. I wanted to be global. But in the case of local businesses, let's say you are a really successful hairdresser, for example. Like my wife. Like your wife. You're a boss and you're really good at, at getting clients and just blowing out your calendar and making a lot of money. So what you could do to build redundancy in your business is to start a sub business or a sister business to where you consult other hairdressers all over the world on how to do the same thing, which is primarily what we do. We teach people how to build consulting businesses, coaching businesses. I'd like the word more consulting than coaching. Um, Taking your expertise and really scaling that. So what other examples would you have? I mean, that's a great example because my wife is a hairstylist and we've built her business and she sells multiple things besides hair services. You know, she, Mm -hmm. she gets into products so she upsells on product. She sells product online. So she'll sell, you know, ship and prop, do all that stuff online. Um, and then like one of the things that we're about to start trying is like a monthly deal in the hair industry, which is like not really been done before mm-hmm. where you've got, you know, hairstyling is like a more of a sophisticated type of market, especially for where, you know, my, for what my wife does. And dude, I'm, I don't think that there is an economic downturn for hairstylists because like some of these women would like get divorced before they skip a hair appointment. It's like insane, <laughs> you know, but you know, think about insurance, like yours with the, like your repair company mm-hmm. being able to say, you know what, rather than just calling us when something's broken and we'll come fix it, you know, you pay a monthly, a monthly fee and then we'll just come fix whatever for free. Yeah. Things like that. And then you can reinvest you know, this is like just cash flow economics. Like you can reinvest that. That's basically free money every month that you can reinvest back into your business. You got people who like, let's say that you fix cars and you know that most people are going to come in and they're going to pay you a thousand dollars once a year for a car repair. Well, create a subscription 
that's a hundred dollars a month and you'll pay for whatever happens to their car, no matter what on time. And then it's like, you've got, you know, a thousand people paying you a hundred bucks a month and you're going to lose money on some, but you're going to profit a lot on others. This is people don't think about all this stuff to even out the ups and downs of business. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or people don't also don't realize and especially like local businesses, what other products their customers or clients need. So for example, the garage door company that I started um, that is still running thriving today, you know, their primary focus is, is installing garage doors. Um, and so one thing that they could do is sell people on doing their driveway and their garage floors, right? Because that's like, they've got a market, they've already pulled out, the, pulled out their credit card to fix their garage doors. And a lot of them would pay to have their garage floors and their driveways done really nice, you know, it's sealed mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. shelves and stuff like that. So like just looking at who your customer is, who you're already dealing with and seeing what else they need that you can present. It's not going to cost you any more to sell that, right? You've already acquired that customer. You're already so out there. Are, yep. You're already there. Yep. So th that's like just some gold nuggets that are, that's very practical that, you know, that you should definitely implement. Yep. hundred percent. All right. Anything else? The raw bull, the raw bull, um, just making sure that we really focus on mastering the one thing. Um, because we are taking clients, to hundred grand a month in revenue with one funnel, Facebook ads, their expertise. So packaged if you are in the right way, packaged in the right way, if you're at 15, 25, maybe 50 grand and you're looking at expanding and doing all these other things, it's probably not the right move for you right now. So um, you can definitely get in touch with us and we can talk about it but just wanted to, to highlight that real quick. So guys, if you bro. aren't, if you aren't subscribed to the memos, get on the memos, trafficandfunnels.com slash memos. And free gifts. And free gift. Trafficandfunnels.com slash gift. G-I-F-T. G-I-F-T. Yes. All right, y'all. That's it. See you next time. Peace. 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 This is the podcastfactory.com.